Blog Talk Radio. There is a chance for the President of the United States to use this disaster to carry out what his father, a phrase his father used, I think, only once and hasn't been used since, and that is a new world order. New world coming. America will become increasingly vulnerable to hostile attack on our homeland, and our military superiority will not entirely protect us. Americans will likely die on American soil. And I believe it will also be said of this age, the first decade of the 21st century, that out of what is, will be seen as the greatest restructuring of the global economy, perhaps one even greater than at the time of the Industrial Revolution, a new world order was created. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Now. Get ready to enter the zone where real life is stranger than fiction. The place where the news may seem like a dream, and the dream may be a matrix of reality. Let us now expose all lie of the devil and bring to light all the secrets of the enemy, because God truth will set you free. John 8.32 You're listening to This Week in the Zone with your host and watchman on the wall, Phil Armstrong. Hello, hello everybody. Welcome to the Prophecy Zone. This is Brother Phil Armstrong, and I'm coming to you live from beautiful Spokane, Washington, uh, on this uh, wonderful afternoon. Um, It's nice to be alive, nice to be able to uh, look at God's Word and uh, find out that when you obey God's Word, there is peace that surpasses all understanding. I was just driving in the car with my wife. And I was just telling her how peaceful I am and heart. Um, Things will come along in life, trials and tribulations, but uh, God gives you time where you go through the valleys and you go through the mountains and you go back through the valleys and you go through the mountains, and that's life. Some people's valleys last longer than some people's mountains, but uh, you persevere. And um, through those valleys is when people get tested uh, if they're going to follow Jesus or not. And um, I enjoy uh, going through life because you are going to either pick up wisdom or you're going to pick up something and lay it to the side and it no longer becomes wisdom. It becomes foolishness. Um, When I uh, go through Facebook and YouTube, I, I... I'm glad that God prepared me in my life, and then you probably think this is a bunch of nonsense and I should bring my guests on, but me and my friends used to, uh, uh, and my associates and whatever, used to what we call blaze each other. You know, your mama's so fat, or you're so ugly, or you got a big nose, or you got a big, deep voice. Mine, mine they used to get on me from my voice. So I, I, I was thinking about it the other day, and... Uh, I kind of find out that I I developed a tough skin. And when I'm on YouTube and uh, on um, uh, Facebook or any other uh, place of uh, social media, I find it that, yeah, you get your feelings hurt because we are humans, but I have a much tougher skin uh, when people don't agree with me. or I mean, because, you know, if you look at... Uh, especially the, since I've been doing at least blog talk radio, and uh, since I've been you know heavily involved in Facebook, 
We get to a point where nobody don't agree with us. We feel bad about it. And then we either try to lean in or lean out. We either try to convince somebody that there's a preacher of rapture, or we try to convince somebody who Juan Carlos is the Antichrist, which most of us have been wrong. A lot of us have been wrong. And we'll sit there and try to convince somebody. And if we don't convince somebody, we don't feel right about it. Well, what I decided to do, even just this year, is if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Now, I, I want to be right about the scriptures. I want to be right about the simplicity of Christ. I want to be right about the gospel, the truth. Where Jesus was at the well and he said, you must worship God in spirit and in truth. The spirit must show you truth and the spirit must lead you by truth. And if, it, if the spirit's not there, then you're not any of God. So what I decided to be right about is um, the 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 things that we need, the first uh, issues of gospel, the gospel is not the secondary, not the third, not the fourth. Secondary issues, yeah, you should be somewhat right about. But the third issues and the fourth issues, if you make them up, who, I think, um, you know, Britt Musburger is the Antichrist, you know, something like that, then, no, he's not. So, you know, just get over it. You know, and a lot of people, especially with preacher rapture people, you know, I, I'm 100%. You're not going to, I don't even think I ever budged off of preacher rapture. I really don't. I don't even think I've even took a look. Now, I do open up my, you know, I say, okay, let me sit down and read the Bible and see if I can see, see posts or see if I can see mid. I, and I don't see any of them. But no one's never convinced me otherwise. Now, what somebody did change me on is who the Antichrist was. And I used to be 100% sure he was coming from Europe. Now I'm about 50-50 that he's coming from either Europe or the Middle East. Not Africa, though. And I was I was 100% sure that, that Europe would be the main... That's my guess this tonight. That Europe will be the main main function of the beast. But I'm not so sure about that anymore. But what I am sure about is this. And I hate to use this word. It'll all pan out. As long as I'm not here to see it. And then we get the reports from the angels. It's the Mediterranean Union. It's not the European Union. Or the European Union is, you know, I don't care. As long as I'm sitting at the lambs <laughs> I mean, seriously, folks. And then, you know what I know this apparatus is going to be? Are we praying for the people on earth? Do you know we're going to be in heaven praying for the people, representing the people? And we're going to be like, how long should our pre brothers and sisters, you know, we're going to be there for that. We're not going to be, who's the Antichrist? Tell me, tell me. I, I got to hear it. You got to tell me who the Antichrist is. Oh, I'm going to lose all my hair. You don't lose hair in heaven. Oh, I'll lose it anyway. You know, something like that. But anyway, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to our guest, Nathan Jones. And uh, Nathan, Nathan was on our show about <clears throat> a year or two ago, and uh, I'm not so sure. I was I was checking the um, archives, and I saw Terry James was on here about a, two years ago. So both both of these guys have been on here twice. Um, just real quick, um, I was on the treadmill the other night, and uh, – uh, Nathan's on on Christ in Prophecy, which is an awesome radio, I mean television show. Which I'm I'm a tape on my hopper, um, and I I got I'm gonna do that tonight. I'm gonna tape that tonight. Um, make sure y'all remind me. Send me an email that no, I was just joking. But anyway, 
they were talking about the 70th week of Daniel, and they were talking about the gaps in between. So I'm going to ask them about that on today's show when we come back. We're going to bring on Nathan Jones. We'll be right back. This next announcement is serious news, and you won't hear it in the mainstream media. We are living in an age full of catastrophic events, and it's getting worse. But before we go on, remember this website, highgrounds.us. In the past two decades, natural disasters have increased by 800% within the U.S. alone. Cataclysms like Hurricane Katrina killed and displaced thousands because they were not prepared. And the 2008 economic collapse could happen again, but be much, much worse. So type this into your web browser, highgrounds.us. Highgrounds.us is your complete source for family survival necessities. You'll find food and water with a shelf life of 25 to 30 years, plus tents, portable containers, light, heat, first aid, and much more. Go to our website, highgrounds.us, or call 1-888-202-9094. Place your order now and be prepared. That's H-I-G-H, highgrounds.us. Hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Highgrounds.us. October 30th, 1991, President George H.W. Bush initiates the Madrid peace process to divide the land of Israel. On the very same day, a freakish hurricane, now known as the Perfect Storm, destroys the Bush vacation home in Maine. And the pattern continues. Each time America compels Israel to vacate its territory, our land is devastated on virtually the same day by Hurricanes Andrew, Katrina, the Northridge earthquake, and Joplin's killer tornado. Is this coincidence? Or is there a spiritual cause and effect? In Genesis 17:8, God promised the land of Israel as an everlasting possession to Abraham and his Jewish descendants. That promise still stands. Those who bless Israel are blessed. Those who curse it are cursed. Author John McTernan makes this open and shut case in his landmark book, As America Has Done to Israel, and the companion DVD, The Day of the Lord. For ordering details, visit John's online blog at johnmcternan.name. Be prepared to re-enter the zone where only watchmen dare go and only the fearless do venture. Now from the lands of the Pacific Northwest in FEMA Region 6, where we warn about your future in the rapture of the church, the concentration camps of the enemy, your host, once again, Phil Armstrong. Welcome back to the zone, the Prophecy Zone. (laughs) 
I'm hoping we are not having technical difficulties between the hours of 3 and 7, I think. We normally have technical difficulties, especially when it's probably cutting in and out. Um, but um, uh, Nathan uh, belongs, he's a part of a ministry called Lamb and Lion Ministries. And the program, uh, Christ uh, in Prophecy, which I mentioned earlier, is a wonderful program. And um, they and to finish up what I was saying, they had um, about 17 um, uh, Bible prophecy experts come on, and then they asked that question. So that's what I was saying. And Nathan happened to be one of the individuals on the panel that was um, and during a prophecy conference that they were having. Uh, Nathan is evangelist and well. Christ. Um. Oh, hey, I'm back. Uh, evidently, Skype just crashed on me. Uh, so we're going to have to take it over my uh, very nice... Uh, cell phone, iPhone. So uh, please hold on for a second so I can put the microphone in the comfortable position before I bring my guest on. But now, instead of a microphone in the holder, now my phone goes in the holder. So it looks like it's pretty comfortable there. Uh, I'm going to bring my guest on. Nathan, you there? Yes, sir. Hi. How are you doing, Phil? Pretty good, pretty good. I was worried about technical difficulties, and there you have it. So how have you been doing, brother? I've been doing very well. I've been uh, enjoying seeing your post on Facebook. You mentioned earlier on Facebook a lot, and you're not kidding. Yeah. Well, we are, we are blessed to be on Facebook. Facebook is a, a great tool. But um, I'm really uh, impressed by you guys, your guys' ministry, Um and uh, I, I talk about uh, well, show my wife, um, you guys. I had August on the show a few weeks ago, and uh, a couple of days ago actually. And um, he was part of that panel, also seventeen individuals. Um, which I was like, man, let me re- let me fast forward this and reverse it and <laughs> and and listen to it over and over again because it was a blessing, quite a blessing. Oh, praise the Lord. We were um, at the pre-trib conference that's held down here in Dallas every year. Uh, Tim LaHaye and Tommy Ice uh, put it on, and it's a fantastic conference. All the best minds in Bible prophecy get together, and they go over different studies that they've done and all. And while that's going on, uh, Dr. Reagan and our media team are um, have a room off by the coffee shop there, and each year we have a different theme and different uh, experts. It's the best place to get all the experts in one shot, and we bring them in and ask them different questions. Uh Last year was Revelation, and this year's topic is Daniel, and, and uh, we're going to be there at the pre-trib conference this year asking uh, more questions of the various teachers that are there. So excellent opportunity to to have decades and decades. You know, when you probably put all those guys together, you probably got almost like a 1,000 years of Bible prophecy study right there. So best to tap it, right? Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That, 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 that's uh, something else. That's a lot of meat there. <laughs> Not kidding. It's a yeah. great conference. Uh, I hope to see you some there, Phil. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, um, 
let's talk about um, the 70 weeks, because that was a question that they had asked. And I had asked August this at the same time, and also Tommy Ice when he was on here about a week ago. We had asked him the same question. So since I have you here, I wanted to give your input on Daniel's 70th week. Uh, now, some uh, believe that it's already been fulfilled. I mean, I've heard everything uh, about that. Um, so what is your take on it? I'll just go right to the point. Well, it's clearly a, a prophecy that has partly been fulfilled. You can go to Daniel chapter 9 and uh, verses 20 through the end of that chapter, chapter, and that's where Daniel's given the prophecy of the 77s. Now you read start in verse 24. Seventy-sevens are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgression, put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. And all these things would be accomplished in a span of uh, 77. G7 is a, a week is a seven years, so 490 years. There would be 49 years for the Jews to rebuild Israel. And then uh, there would also be up to 483 years till the Messiah is cut off. In other words, Jesus uh, would be cut off. He'd be crucified. And we can find that out uh, to the day that 483 years passed when Jesus did his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So that's an amazing bit of prophecy. But we still have uh, one week of seven left. And those things that we read there, those 77s and those six different topics, haven't been covered yet. There's still another seven weeks that has got to be. So there's got to be a gap between the 483 years of prophecy and the seven years of prophecy. Now going back to that in Daniel 9, the six accomplishments, it says the first thing that has to happen is to finish transgression. And that means that the people, the Jews, who have rejected Jesus as their Messiah, they have to finish Mm -hmm. the transgression of rejecting their own Messiah. And clearly the Jews today continue to reject Jesus as Savior. It also says that the second thing that happens is to make an end of sin. Well, the end of sin, as you know, is the end of rebellion against God. So we have to have an end of rebellion against God, and that hasn't happened yet either. The third thing Mm -hmm. that happens is atonement for iniquity. There has to be a sacrifice for the sins of the people. Jesus had to die on the cross and then finish that by coming back at his second coming, and he hasn't come back yet. The fourth thing Daniel 9.24 says is to bring in everlasting righteousness. Well, you need a righteous people to have everlasting righteousness, and then you also have to have a righteous king. So uh, that's the only Messiah is the king, so we're waiting for the king to return. The fifth accomplishment would be to seal up vision and prophecy. In other words, all prophecy has to be fulfilled, and obviously that hasn't come to a conclusion yet. And then the sixth thing that deals with the anointing of the most holy place, the temple, in other words. There has to be a genuine temple again, and that's a temple we're waiting for Jesus to set up in the millennial kingdom, not the third temple during the tribulation. So there's got to be a gap between the 483 weeks and the final seven weeks. And we know that by reading Revelation 2 and 3, that that's the church age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what would be uh, the next steps in uh, the uh, 70 weeks? I mean, what, what would be the trigger that would get the last week accomplished? Well, we know from Jeremiah Jeremiah 37 that it's called the time of Jacob's trouble. Uh, Daniel said it was a seven-year period. You can read about it, uh, two sections of times, times, and half a times. That's three and a half years each. That that final seven weeks, those final seven years, are dedicated to what's called the tribulation. It's a time period. You can read about it, especially in Revelation, where God's wrath will come down onto the earth in 21 different judgments. 
for the purpose of bringing people basically to the end of their rope so that they have to choose either God or Satan. They have to make that decision. And it's also for the Jews to be able to convert, to, to have their hearts turn from humanism to following God to, at the end of the tribulation, accepting Jesus Christ upon his return. And it's for Jesus to have victory over evil, man. That is the part I'm looking for, the end of evil for a time until the end of that millennial kingdom afterwards, but a time of evil being destroyed, Satan being bound, the Antichrist and false prophet who will be the rulers of the one world government at that time period will be thrown into the hell, and we will finally have Jesus' ruling here, reigning here in peace, righteousness, and justice. And man, as terrible as the tribulation sounds, that final Daniel's 70th week, we look forward to the millennial kingdom of Jesus where we have peace, Amen. righteousness, and justice. And, man, that's what I'm looking forward to. Amen. Hallelujah. And that is a time I am looking forward to. I think I had some dreams about that. I'm not the YouTube dreamer, but uh, I've had some visions and dreams <laughs> waking up one day thinking my whole body was translated up. I wish you know, that's that was the thing. Uh, one of our uh, guys who works in the mailroom at the ministry, Tony, uh, came up to me today. Tony Privet's been a long time. Facebook moderator, and now he serves on staff. They came up to me this morning and said that same thing. He's been having a lot of dreams about the rapture lately. I don't know if it's yeah. out of people's minds lately because things are getting so bad, but uh, a lot of people are thinking rapture right now. Yeah, amen, amen. Uh, it's sticking with the, um, the, the, I guess, the schedule I gave you yesterday. Uh, let's talk about the preacher rapture. Now, let me ask you a question first. But sure. when, when I say the word, when I say the word day of the Lord, what is the length of the day of the Lord? Well, I, I believe that the day of the Lord in, in all biblical references is talking about the fine, Daniel's 70th week, that, that seven years. Now, the day of Christ is the, the second coming, that last day of the tribulation when Jesus returns. But the day of the Lord typically throughout Bible prophecy is referring to the tribulation, although some have equated it to also include the church age as a, you know, one big blanket end times of 2,000 years. Plus. Now, now in God's word, He says a thousand years is a day, and a day is a thousand years. Would that possibly cover the millennium? No. Again, it's it's using like and as, and like and as are comparators. In other words, time is is not meaningful to God. People have taken that, just gone with it. Instead of they remove the word like and as, and they'll say, well, for God, a thousand years is a day. Well, it doesn't say it is a day. It says it's like a day. In other words, time is meaningless to God. He's eternal. So, you know, for us, our, our lives are just like, you know, a snap. But uh, I don't think that that means that uh, a day is a thousand years to God. It, it clearly is a comparative uh, use of the words there. Okay. All right. Uh, so um, as far as a thief in the night, um, what do you think that he means by uh, now, is he, is he saying that it comes as a thief, the day of the Lord should come as a thief in the night to the people who are in or raptured or the people who is not raptured or both? And is he referring, I guess my question is, is he referring to the church being raptured to, to, to start that that period of time called the, um, the, um, the time of Jacob's trouble? Wow, you, you picked a a word that's been greatly debated over time, a uh, subject, who is the thief? Of course, uh, how could the church be compared to a thief, or how could Christ be compared to a thief that, that sneaks in? So some have said that 
well, he's referring to Satan, where he will sneak into the world or to to live, so to speak, and, and take over the government. Kind of similar if you watch those uh, Star Wars movies, you know how the Emperor kind of snuck in and took over everything yeah. bit by bit. Well, that's how Satan's doing it, and clearly that's the case. We can see as the governments are all moving towards a one-world order, and then there's others interpret that verse that Jesus is the the thief. He, he comes to people that are unprepared, that don't realize when he's coming. But there are other verses yeah. that that uh, we it should never come as a surprise to Christians because we should be expecting it. That, that's the wonderful thing about Jesus. He always gives us information about what's going to happen in the future. Maybe not as yeah. much information as we'd want, but he gives us the information that we know it's going to happen. We know the rapture's coming. We know the tribulation's coming, the second kingdom coming, the millennial kingdom. All that's coming, and we know that. Which So that's a wonderful thing. So it won't be the surprise to us. The day certainly will be a surprise. The hour will be a surprise. Uh, but... Uh, for the unbelieving world, and it, it will definitely be a surprise. I mean, they're not expecting it because they really don't know much about it, or if they do, they kind of mock it in movies like Rapture Palooza yeah. and some of these other. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. And another movie I just passed by the end or something like that. It's called The End, or something. and uh, man, I don't even want to watch it. I have to mm-hmm. wait for the. I work at I work at a place where kids watch movies, so I have to wait till they get it. So I can have an excuse because we gotta watch them anyway. But it's probably like vomiting material for Christians. It should be at least. So um, I mean, mocking Jesus, on, shooting him out of the sky with the cannon of the second coming. I would hate to be yeah. those people standing before the Lord one day. I know, right? Amen. Uh, amen. Okay, the, uh, what I should have did in this. Uh, Schedule I sent you. I should have said Revelation slash Tribulation. But um, we kind of covered a, a about, broad swath of topics. So whatever question you want to ask in that area, I'll do my best for you, man. Yes, yes, sir. Uh, the Tribulation period. Explain how would that be um, to the audience? Explain the entire Tribulation. <laughs> well, just 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 explain it in in a, in a nutshell. You know what what it's going to be like. So. Because um, I have another question for you other day. Okay. Well, I mean, if, if we want to sum it up, what is the tribulation going to be like? Uh, the Bible says it's going to be the worst time in human history. There is will be of no time in human history as bad as it will be during those seven years. Uh, what we know is that the rapture of the church is Christians have given their lives to Jesus Christ. You know, we are saved. The church gets taken up into the clouds to be with Jesus forever. And when we're in heaven... We go through the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's a party that the Lord celebrates. We're up there. Uh, the tribulation will then have 21 terrible judgments that will befall the earth. And it will, by the end of those seven years, pretty much decimate not only the world population, but the world ecology. Everything that we have ever supported will be pretty much destroyed by the end. Satan will be given a, almost a free reign. And uh, he will raise up a guy called the Antichrist, and who will have a false prophet, and the world will beg this guy to take over to help them solve their problems of the world. And that's where you get into the final one-world government, a one-world economic system, a worship of the Antichrist, and, of course, worship of Satan through the Antichrist. And during those 21 terrible judgments that will befall the world, people will get the opportunity to accept Jesus as Savior. You know, it takes sometimes the, the hardest situations to get people to change their minds. And the Lord during that time will provide two witnesses in Jerusalem to share the gospel. 144,000 Jews will come to know Jesus as their Savior and be uh, sharing the gospel. 
Uh, all our Bibles and, and Left Behind material will be out there to teach people. A gospel angel will sh- sh- uh, spread the gospel throughout the tribulation time. So people have plenty of opportunities to hear the Lord's word and accept Jesus. And we read that multitudes beyond count accept Jesus as their Savior that time and also are martyred for their faith as well. So it would be a terrible time of persecution both for uh, Christians and for Jews. But at the end of that time, Jesus returns with us, with the church, and just with the word, he defeats all the forces of the enemy at Armageddon. He defeats Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. He holds a judgment called the sheep-goat judgment, which we read in Matthew 25, and he separates those who rejected him throughout the tribulation. They're sent to Hades, a holding place, waiting final judgment. And the rest in earthly bodies uh, get to live on into the millennial kingdom, uh, The millennial kingdom, again, is a time where Jesus will rule and reign here on earth in Jerusalem. The curse will be partially lifted. It will be almost utopian. And those people in earthly bodies will continue to have children and populate it. And those of us in our glorified bodies, those of us who are raptured, will be there helping Jesus to rule and reign and teach and administrate. So, I'm sorry, that covers a lot of stuff, but uh, that's it in a nutshell. Okay. So, what should we be? Uh, what should the listeners be doing in relevance to what you just told them? What should be? What do you? What do you believe in your heart should be the focus of the church right now with what you just said? Evangelism. The focus of Amen. the church, of course, should always be Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ in this church age gave us the great commission in Acts one eight that we're to go out into all the world and preach the gospel, and knowing that Amen. the the rapture of the church is coming soon. We must be going out there and sharing the gospel with as many people as we can, as quickly as we can, before the Lord returns. And uh, that is our prerogative still. It hasn't changed. Knowing the future hasn't changed. Um, knowing Bible prophecy doesn't make us useless and all too heaven-centered. No, we're, we're knowing that the time is short, we should be focusing on Jesus and his gospel and getting that message out. Amen. And do you believe that the church is doing that now? I believe so, yeah. I mean, obviously we're seeing the church wane in the West. Uh, as the Again, Bible prophecy tells us that the final uh, personality of the church in the church age is the church of Laodicea. You could read in uh, Revelation chapter 3. It's uh, apathetic. Uh, they feel like they're rich, but they're really not spiritually. And that's kind of the church of the West. But, boy, you can read about the church in Africa in China, and it is continuing to march across the world. People are getting saved. Muslims, by the millions, are getting saved. And I think that's why they're resorting to so many desperate acts like in Nigeria, because they're realizing they're losing numbers left and right. And we're seeing the gospel march on. You know, more people are probably saved, I think, statistically in the 20th century than all the centuries beforehand. And we know in the tribulation will probably be the greatest soul harvest that history has ever seen. So Christ uh, isn't dormant. He uh, continues to to go out there and, and through the church get his message out. Amen, amen. Well, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we get back, we got uh, more questions with Nathan Jones. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Prophecy Zone. The place to stay informed about current events that line up with Bible prophecy. And now, your watchman on the wall and host, Bill Armstrong. About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and 
I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and, and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz. I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the joint staff who had used, used to work for me. And one of the generals called me in. He said, sir, you got to come in. you got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, well, you're too busy. He said, no, no. He says, we've made the decision we're going to war with Iraq. This was on or about the 20th of September. I said, we're going to war with Iraq. Why? He said, I don't know. <laughs> he said, I guess they don't know what else to do. So uh, I said, well, did they find some information collect connecting Saddam to al-Qaeda? He said, no, no. He says, there's nothing new that way. They just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments. So I came back to see him a few weeks later, and by that time we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He said, he reached over on his desk, he picked up a piece of paper, and he said, I just, he said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense office today, and he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. So go through the countries again? Well, starting with Iraq, then Syria and Lebanon, then Libya, then Somalia and Sudan, and then back to Iran. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You're listening to the Prosperous Jesus on Vox Talk Radio. Legacy because he's going to figure out I have no legacy. 
Bill Clinton and George Bush were concerned with their legacy in their second term. So just sit back and watch what I say. But uh, anyway, uh, Nathan, uh, Syria, um, it seems like uh, we escaped. Uh, and let me let me also read this uh, uh, before I finish that question. It says, Netanyahu, it says, Israel would not allow Iran to acquire nuclear weapons even if it stands alone. And uh, for some of y'all who listened to Netanyahu give a speech, one of the brothers on Facebook was uh, 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 Keith was um, or Kevin was um, passing out uh, links to the UN so we can li- listen to that speech. I don't know if he did you guys at Christ and Prophecy page, uh, but um, it seems like uh, the United States is not going to do it. But do you believe Israel is going to uh, go into Syria or even uh, skip over Syria and go to Iran? I think prophetically we know uh, two things. One is that at some point in time, Israel will annihilate the capital city of Damascus. Isaiah 17 and Jeremiah 49 all prophesy a time where Israel in one night will annihilate what is the oldest city in the world, Damascus, which is the capital of Syria. So we know that has never happened in history. Uh, Obviously, Damascus being destroyed, the, the prophecy is also that they wouldn't resettle it and it's settled, so it couldn't be a past prophecy. So at some point in time, Israel needs to deal with Damascus. Now, Damascus is the black market center of the world right now. I mean, almost all the black market weapons and munitions stuff go through there. So it could be that there's a point where Israel has to deal with Damascus quickly because maybe they have, say, Iran has progressed enough to get a nuclear weapon uh, at a closer launch site than, than Iran. We're not sure. But we know that Israel is going to intervene in Syria, some, maybe not through this engagement, but in the future. Uh, the second prophecy we know is uh, uh, because of Ezekiel 38 and 39, the Gog-Magog battle, talks about an outer ring of Muslim nations with Russia. You know, they, they teamed up with Iran and uh, Turkey and Libya and some of these other nations, and they're going to attack Israel, but not the neighboring countries around Israel, oddly enough. And you would think with all the hostility with Lebanon and Jordan and Syria and Egypt and all, that they would be part of that Gog-Magog battle, but they're not. So something has to happen beforehand for Israel to subjugate their neighboring countries, and the theory behind that right now is that Psalm 83 might be a war where Israel has to subjugate Syria along with the other nations around them. Now, we know through Bible prophecy and reading Ezekiel 38 and 39 that Iran is in that coalition with Russia, and Iran does not bring nuclear weapons against Israel. matter of fact, there's nothing in Bible prophecy that talks about Iran having nuclear weapons. or I mean, obviously, it wouldn't say nuclear weapons, but the effects of nuclear weapons aren't used on Israel. So at some point, yeah. Israel, it seems clearly prophetically, they will intervene. Uh, maybe they'll scare the Muslim nations away by destroying Damascus, but it, it does not look like Iran is going to get nuclear weapons in. Whatever they do in the Gog-Magog battle against Israel, Iran, along with Russia and others, will be destroyed, and only a ninth, uh, ninth of their armies are going to survive, according to Joel too. So, uh, prophetically, we can already start to see this picture coming together. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Government shutdown. Um, nothing is almost like a bumblebee bite, it seems like, for right now. Um, and I know this is kind of far off the the edge, but what happens to the United States and um, 
Bible prophecy? Well, the United States really isn't listed in Bible prophecy. Obviously, you know, the New World isn't. There could be a, a reference to, um, when you read about the, the Gog-Magog battle I just described, Ezekiel 38 and 39, it talks about uh, uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, the merchants of Dedan and Tarshish, and uh, uh, excuse me, the Tarshish is young lions. It's, uh, Tarshish at the time that that was written was considered the end of the world. It was like Spain or England. It's kind of debatable. And their young lions, as it's interpreted, could be the countries they settled in the New World, either all the Spanish-speaking world through Spain or all the English uh, nations through England, such as Canada, the United States, Australia. And they, they sit it out. It says that Israel goes it alone with against Russia and all those nations, and they can't win. There's no way. But God steps into history again and with the typical, you know, God's wrath, judgment, fire, brimstone, the armies turning on each other. Uh, the destruction of these armies is so amazing that the, the people, the Jews, will believe in God again. They will give up their humanism. They will believe in God again. Maybe not his son Jesus, not to the end of the tribulation. But in all these alliances that these prophecies talk about have come into fruition this day. I mean, it's absolutely amazing to watch what's going on in the Middle East right now and see it. Yeah. And we know that the nations of the world sit out, and basically they don't care about Israel. Our current administration is very anti-Semitic. They could care less about Israel. And so they'll sit it out, and let's see if Israel survives or not. We hope they don't is pretty much what they're thinking. And they sit out, and then God steps in and wins. And, you know, I think if any scenario, that's when we talk about Daniel Nine twenty-six and 27, the Antichrist making a treaty with Israel. I don't think it's a treaty for Israel's peace. I believe it's a treaty for the Antichrist to have peace with Israel, to buy him the time to conquer the world and doesn't have to deal with the God of Israel. Yeah, amen, amen. That, make, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I kind of skipped over preacher rapture, uh, and I like to put him in the search engine to see how many people have a fit. But um, preacher, <laughs> preacher rapture. Tell me why preacher rapture is um, correct and the other ones are not. Well, when we talk about pre-trib rapture, we're talking about the return of Jesus to take away the church before the seven years tribulation. Instead of making his church, his bride, spend seven years getting destroyed by his own judgments, as the post-trib rapture believes. In other words, the rapture happens at the end of the tribulation. Uh, we believe that the Lord loves his church. He wants to rescue his church and take us up to be with, with God again. So there's a lot of arguments I could cover why I believe that there is a pre-trib rapture. In other words, the rapture happens before the tribulation, not in the middle of the tribulation or before the wrath. But all seven years of wrath, all 21 judgments are God's wrath. They come from the throne of God. So it's not like the wrath is the end of the tribulation. The whole tribulation, all seven years, is God's wrath. And I believe that the Bible says that the church will be taken out of the earth before those judgments come. And there's a number of arguments. So for one, you can look at all the passages that talk about the church being raptured. Now, take, for instance, if the rapture happened at the end of the tribulation and the Christians were taken up, those who had survived the tribulation, up to Jesus, made a U-turn and came back down with earth to Jesus, and then God had the, God, um, the sheep goat judgment. And who are the people then who are righteous, the sheep, who live on into the millennial kingdom in earthly bodies? Because those yeah. who are actually glorified bodies. So there would be nobody to populate the millennial kingdom to have children. 
So the whole mm-hmm. post-trib rapture to me doesn't make any sense. I actually, I find most of the people who believe in the post-trib rapture want to martyr themselves for Christ. They're really keen yeah. on that. They want to prove their faith as if that scores some brownie points or something. And I say, guys, if you want to martyr yourself for Christ, you go down to Ethiopia or Sudan or Nigeria right now, you stand on the street corner and you start proclaiming Christ. You'll get martyred yeah. in no time. Yeah, he'll just yeah, cut it short. <laughs> yeah, that makes that, that's, that's a good. So point. earlier you that's said about one. coming as a thief in the night. Well, you know, if Jesus was coming at the end of the seven-year tribulation, that was the rapture. That's no thief in the night. Everybody and their brother would know by the end of the tribulation exactly when Jesus is coming. Exactly forty-two months, um, each year being three hundred and sixty days. So again, there'd be no thief in the night if the rapture was at the end of the tribulation. Yeah. That makes sense. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, indeed. Uh, talk to us about your conference that's coming up. Uh, is it in Louisiana? Well, uh, that's Al Gis Conference, Maranatha Evangelistic Ministries. We actually had that last month. It was in, well, I, I guess it was, a, it was the end of August or beginning of September. Al Gist is yep. the evangelist with that ministry. He hosts that every year. And uh, I got to go. It was a real blessing. Uh, I got to fill in, actually, because Ed Heinsohn couldn't make it, unfortunately. And so it, it's just yeah. a great blessing to be down there in Louisiana. And uh, Al and his wife, Sandy, are a wonderful couple who have a really great ministry. I recommend anybody check them out. And they hold a conference there every year down in Louisiana. Our ministry, Lamb and Lion Ministries, we have our conference every year in June or July. This year is going to be July 11th and 12th. And we have it here in the mm-hmm. Dallas, Texas area. And yeah. uh, each year we have a different theme. And we're still kind of putting the the details of our conference together because it's you know it's all the way out in the middle of of next year. But you got to plan yeah. almost a year ahead of time just to get the place, even the place to meet. And yeah. we just got that nailed down this week, so it's coming together. But I recommend people go to lamblion.com, and if they want to come to our conference here in Dallas, then they can just keep their eyes out for it on our website. Amen. Amen. And uh, give give everybody your um, website so in just case they don't know. Sure, sure. Uh, Lamb and Lion Ministries' website is lamblion.com. You can remember our ministry name and website name because Jesus' first coming, he came as a, a lamb to suffer and die for our sins. And when he returns, he's coming as a lion to conquer and rule. So it's lamblion.com. Amen, amen, brother. Uh, in December, we're going to be, uh, I'm going to be doing a um, uh, series on revelations for the whole entire month. And um, if, if you can, uh, I'd like you to come back on, and, 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 and I'll, uh, if you can, I'll send you some details on what me and you will be talking about uh, in relevance to the Book of Revelations. Uh, it's the last month of the year. That's why I'm, I'm sort of doing it um, in that time period. But uh, okay. let, me know, let me know. Yes, sir. Let let me know if you can make it, and that that would be awesome uh, asset to the to that uh, teaching. So, uh, thank you for coming on, brother, and um, I appreciate it. Great, great interview, great show. Um, it's always great to have you on. Uh, I know it's been a while, but it, it, time goes so fast. It's almost that it does. Well, thank you, Phil. I appreciate being on, and I appreciate your listeners tuning in. And if you could tell uh, Terry James hello for me. I sure will. Sure will. God bless you, man. Bye bye. Hey, God bless. Good Nathan Jones. And we're going to take a break. 
and we are going to come back and we're going to chit chat a little bit before our next guest come on. We'll be very back. Connecting the dots and showing you why we are more vulnerable than ever. Greetings, fellow Americans. This is David Robertson inviting you to come be a part of an American Warning Radio, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Central. You've seen the pieces. Now, come see the bigger picture at American Warning Radio with your host, David Robertson, on this and many other networks that value liberty. All they're getting is mainstream media stuff. That's all they're getting, including Fox News. The American Warning Program with David Robertson, uh, just a great show. Uh, all kidding aside, the, the numbers are really going, starting to go up on that program, and I think once people realize that that that's on now live Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock on this very station. You're going to be tuning in a lot more. That guy makes a lot of sense, and he's really good at what he does. Warning. Warning. America's habit forming. Status habit forming. Use the truth carefully. Get more information at anamericanwarning.com. That's A-N-AmericanWarning.com. lays out our future and host Phil Armstrong examines what the scripture tells of his coming every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on the Prophecy Zone. What is the New World Order? The people who are talking about the New World Order, Bible prophecy, may be in danger. What do you need to be rapture ready? I believe that the Bible interprets the Bible and we have to stick with the Bible. How much time is left? See more at theprophecyzone.com and youtube.com slash prophecyzone. Hear more here on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on The Prophecy Zone. Who is the Antichrist? I believe the Antichrist will not be known until the tribulation period starts. This is The Prophecy Zone. Now, be prepared to re-enter the zone where only watchmen dare go and only the fearless do venture. Now from the lands of the Pacific Northwest in FEMA Region 6, where we warn about your future and the rapture of the church, the concentration camps of the enemy, your host, once again, Phil Armstrong. Welcome back to the zone, the Prophecy Zone.
talk to y'all for a few minutes before our next guest come on. Terry James is a producer, um, uh, excuse me, uh, author of many books, uh, and uh, he has taught Bible prophecy for a while. Um, he gets his insight. Uh, Rapture Ready uh, is a awesome uh, website uh, where it really talks about every every article you can think of about Bible prophecy. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, go check it out. They also have a radio program in either part of uh, that um, talks about uh, end time Bible prophecy um, all over the world. So, yeah, go check it out. Uh, he's a broadcaster, writer, and an expert in the field of Bible prophecy. Um, I'm just doing this before he comes on, so we can go ahead and go straight to the interview. But, uh, yeah, he was on my show before, and uh, this is way before when I first started. He was, uh, I think it was about 2010, actually, because the radio program started in 2009. And uh, he was one of my interviewees, uh, interviewers, yeah, interviews. But um, this is when I started learning how to interview a little bit better, uh, but uh, at that time, uh, his volume was not turned up high enough, and I wasn't able to share it on um, YouTube or anything. Uh, and so now I know to turn the, uh, make sure you can hear the person being interviewed uh, as well as yourself. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking and chatting with him in the next hour, and um, that will be a blessing. By itself. Um, what I'm going to be talking about uh, in the coming weeks is we are going to open up a platform on Podbean and we're going to and, and uh, Podomatic and uh, Mixer. I don't know if I'm saying that right. And um, we're going to have different shows. We're going to have the Common Salvation. Radio program, which is going to be basically about common salvation, about the simplicity of Christ and the power of God and what a Christian's life should be, uh, in relevance to what it, what, what we are, we have it now, and the expectations of a Christian life should be: I have the God of the universe living inside of me, so the expectation should be pretty high. Even though we go through the valleys and the mountains and the valleys and more valleys and mountains and valleys and valleys and mountains and mountains sometimes, even mountains three times. But um, God has a plan in those valleys and mountains to grow us into the person he wants us to be. Um, The Bible tells us to mortify our deeds of the body. and God wants us to be like his son. He like, He wants us to uh, live uh, like uh, God. Stand by for a second. Uh, that's the perfect person I would like to hear on the radio show. I don't know if y'all heard that, but that was Dave Reagan. I had his uh, website opened up when I was reading it earlier um, to, to find information on Brother Nathan. But um, yeah. So uh, let me let me explain. I'm gonna, the reason why I'm having 
these lessons because I want to help people uh, be set free from the bondages. Uh, and when we know that we're upsetting God uh, for the saved and for the unsaved, people wonder why I'm miserable um, because I'm doing this or I'm doing that or I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to this or I'm addicted to that. I'm cheating on my wife or I'm cheating on my husband. I'm doing this or doing that. And then people wonder why uh, I'm miserable, you know. And um, a lot of times we're miserable, we're miserable because we have our eyes on the wrong person, which is ourselves. And we must put our eyes on Jesus or other people, at least if you're not saved, and the most happy people that are not saved are the people who have their eyes on, you know, other things besides themselves. And in the Christian faith, it's no different. If you have your eyes on Jesus, then you have your eyes on the right thing. And the Bible says, love your neighbors yourself. So if you have your eyes on other people to help other people, eventually the Bible never has to tell anybody to love themselves because it's natural. As long as you don't go through the normal processes of life and make you hate yourself. If you love yourself, God knows you, that you love yourself. It's not a matter of if, I mean, if you love yourself. But sometimes people love themselves so much they take their own lives. You probably say, well, that doesn't make any sense. They should hate themselves then. Well, when you're self sitting and you're looking at everything, looking at yourself, and you become so sad and so you lose hope. That nobody else thinks the same way about you. Well, that, I mean, not, that's not always that's not always true. But when 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 you when you are when you're willing to take your own life, and I feel bad for people who take their own life because, especially a lady who has gotten raped or something, and she takes her life, and that's sad because she's not if she's not saved. I mean, if she's not saved. Then she's she's going from one hell to a bigger hell, and 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 like I said, I'll talk. I'm going to talk about these things on um, the common salvation, which is part of the prophecy zone, and uh, and, and basically, in order to be used by God, you know, you you need to be set free of these things. Now, the Bible is the Word of God is so powerful that. You can take a backslidden preacher, put him on stage, and people still get saved. Or people still can read there and use what he said. The gifts of God without repentance. But should he be doing that, though? Should he just step down? And and stuff like that. And, I, and I'm going to go out and get people from church folks and, and other individuals on the show. We're going to talk about church issues. And in relevance to, we need to live a righteous, holy life, right standing with God. That's what righteous means, right standing with God 24 hours a day. That does not mean we're not going to fall, but it just means right standing with God. Is God proud of you? What do you do when you do fall? What did David do? So, um, folks, let's not make a practice of getting knocked down, because eventually if you get knocked down too many times, you're not going to get back up. But God will be there to pick you up. And the bell will ring, ding, 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 save your life. Three, two, ding, 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 and you get up and go to your corner, and you actually go win the fight. 
this this is a marathon. It's not a it's not a, a forty second sprint. You know, forty feet sprint. Excuse me. It's a marathon. Eventually, you're gonna knock out. Eventually, you're gonna have to take it. You're gonna have to do the number two. You have to go into the shed, use the bathroom, go come back out, drink some water. You know, you might slip somewhere along the line, fall somewhere, get up. You know, you might run into another runner. You might, you know, step over a cone or whatever. You're gonna have those those times. It's not to the swift. It's to those who will finish well. So we're going to take a break. Uh, I think this is Terry James on the line. We ought to give an introduction for him. So um, check him out. Uh, we're going to get all that information, but I, I got I got a couple of questions. I see a lot of questions to ask him, but I don't think we're going to be able to get it done in, in a whole one of hour. But we'll be right back, and we're going to talk to Terry James. We'll be right back. There is a chance for the President of the United States to use this disaster to carry out what his father, a phrase his father used I think only once and hasn't been used since, and that is a new world order. New world coming. America will become increasingly vulnerable to hostile attack on our homeland, and our military superiority will not entirely protect us. Americans will likely die on American soil. And I believe it will also be said of this age, the first decade of the 21st century, that out of what is, will be seen as the greatest restructuring of the global economy, perhaps one even greater than at the time of the Industrial Revolution, a new world order was created. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Now. Get ready to enter the zone where real life is stranger than fiction. The place where the news may seem like a dream, and the dream may be a matrix of reality. Let us now expose all lie of the devil and bring to light all the secrets of the enemy, because God truth will set you free. John 8.32 You're listening to This Week in the Zone with your host and watchman on the wall, Phil Armstrong. Uh, 
I still call him the boss because he's founded the site. He's very bright. RaptureReady.com is the largest uh, website in number of hits per month wow. on the Internet for Bible prophecy. And uh, yeah. so uh, I recommend anybody who wants to do some research or just uh, keep up with the world situation, we have, uh, I think, one of the best news resources uh, anyone can find anywhere with, with regard to <laughs> news that might uh, – be relevant to Bible prophecy, uh, so uh, we invite everybody to come. Amen, amen. And I have been on there countless of times, and um, awesome information. I mean, wow, from every uh, category you can think of in Bible prophecy. So yeah, check that out, everybody. Check that out. So uh, let's start by talking about um, current situations that are going on in the Middle East. Um, now, Syria seems to have died down. Um, what's, your, what's your take on that? Because I'm not even going to ask you. I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit guide us. Um, I don't want to kind of – I want to see what you're going to say. What's your take on that whole situation uh, as far as the Arab Spring, uh, as far as al-Qaeda, as far as uh, uh, Iran and what um, Netanyahu just said, that they, they will go it alone if they have to? He's been saying that for a while, but eventually he's, he's going to do what he says. Um, what do you? What is your take on the whole Middle East? Well, of course, it's all uh, building up toward the grand battle of all, which is Armageddon. But in, in the interim, we're probably looking at uh, the forces gathering. I think for the Gog Magog War, Ezekiel uh, thirty-eight and thirty-nine. I think we think, see things arranging. For this, you know, from Russia being involved and and uh, Iran, the ancient Persia, Iran, and uh, part of Iraq uh, being involved, which is exactly what Ezekiel 38 and 39 tells us. Uh, these will be the two primary nations that come down with Libya, Libya input to Garma, and then all of those areas, Turkey and and some of these other areas. And we see all of these forces arranging there. So definitely, we can see prophecy shaping up, and just the fact that, of course, Israel. As God has told us, it would be back in the land. We've gone over these things before, you and I, I think. God yeah. uh, said that Israel will be back in the land after a dispersion there of uh, some 2,000 years. And it will be uh, Zechariah chapter 12, the great prophet Zechariah, as recorded there, says that uh, Israel will become a burdensome stone and a cup of trembling to the whole world, verses 1 and 2. And uh, certainly, no matter which way the cameras and the microphones turn, whether we're talking about a financial meltdown or whether we're talking about uh, any other problem anywhere else in the world, those cameras and microphones always turn right back there eventually to Jerusalem, to Israel and its enemies, and to the the peace process that, you know, they're crying peace and safety constantly. So I see this is all a buildup there in uh Syria. Uh, of course, we know that there's a Damascus prophecy, Isaiah 17:1, waiting. Uh, I personally believe it probably will be after the rapture uh, when this occurs, and I say that for a specific reason. Uh, Jesus said that in in uh, Revelation chapter 17, verses 26 through 30, that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the uh, the days of the Son of Man, and basically. Uh, gave a scenario that uh, everybody would be building, buying, selling, uh, uh, marrying. It will be business as usual pretty much at this time that uh, he catastrophically intervenes 
and yeah. uh, says at the moment that uh, uh, Noah, of course, went out of out of uh, off the planet in the in the, in the uh, ark, and the moment that Lot went out of Sodom, sudden destruction fell. Now, to me, yeah. that shows that everything was, even though it may be a lot of anxieties, business will be pretty much as usual right up to that moment. And if we had a major catastrophic uh, war, like Gog Magog, or if we had um, a major uh, city destruction like Damascus, which is certainly going to cause massive shakeup all over the world, not only there in Syria, uh, then we would not have business as usual, as Jesus predicts. So I believe it's going to be following the rapture that these things take place. But that's kind of where I see things shaping up right now. Amen. Amen. So, um, who will be the leader standing at that time? What organization do you believe will produce the last leader on earth to uh, broker peace? Well, of course, I think that uh, you and I probably would be in agreement on that as far as uh, who that man is. It's a beast of Revelation 13, the first beast, the Antichrist of Daniel 9, 26, 27, the princess shall come. Uh, it will be the Antichrist who will, uh, uh, I don't know about brokering the, the peace, because there seems to be one that's already, a peace process that's already uh, been completed by the time Antichrist steps onto the scene. So uh, it could be any of these players uh, right now, whether I think it would probably be somebody involved in the United States from Europe and some other places that would put together a peace process, which apparently uh, will be a seven-year peace covenant of some sort, then the Antichrist steps on the scene in, according to Daniel 9, 26-27, and he confirms that covenant. So as yeah. far as anybody who brokers it, could be any of these world players today in, in diplomacy, but it would be Antichrist who does the confirming, and that's, of course, what sets in motion the seven years of tribulation. Okay, um, so... The, uh, I don't know how you feel about Psalms 83, and let's just work. Let's just pretend like it. I mean, to me, I, I think it has some validity um, to it. Um, can't even talk today, but validity um, <laughs> to it. But um, as far as uh, Isaiah 17, let's just say those two work together. In order to say peace and safety, and for the Antichrist to come confirm a covenant, could there be a, a gap between? Uh, Psalms 83, and um, I don't know where you stand at in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Uh, a lot of people are starting to believe that it's Armageddon. Um, I seem to have a different take on it. I kind of well, think I, I, I do too. I, I do yeah. too. I, I think it's, I think uh, the Ezekiel war there, some uh, Ezekiel 38-39 war is different from Armageddon. I, I think it that comes first, comes earlier. And as for Psalm 83, my friend Bill Silas uh, is, is a very good friend, and I've even uh, I've even reviewed his book on Rapture Ready and gave it a positive thumbs up from the standpoint of its research and its variety of scholarship. And, and we all have a right to our own uh, yeah, own opinions, our own viewpoints, as long as we back it up with Scripture and and you know we're yeah, all yeah. civil civil about it. But I disagree. I don't think that Psalms 83 uh, is a specific war. I think it's an imprecatory prayer that's going to be answered uh, <clears throat> with the Ezekiel 38:39 uh, uh, destruction of um, 
all but one-sixth of the enemy forces that come against Israel. I think that, that right. prayer is going to be answered in because I believe that, I know Bill argues that the inner ring of nations is separate from the outer ring, and the inner ring of nations is Psalms 83 with uh, Israel's immediately air, uh, surrounding Arab enemies, whereas the others, Persia and outside uh, the outside nations, Persia, Libya, put to Garma, all these. But uh, the fact is that there's also a, in some, I believe it's Ezekiel 38:13. I'm not sure the uh, exact verse there, but it says, "And many people with thee will come down." And to me, that yeah. that uh, that is inclusive of uh, all those surrounding nations. Yeah, yeah, amen, amen. It it, it seems like uh, uh, I'm wondering what happened to Syria and Egypt and some of those countries. Egypt is, is uh, uh, seems like it's in an uproar as far as uh, a lot of people kind of bid on uh, Isaiah 19 as being this fierce leader who Musi, Musi, I don't know if I pronounced his name right, was supposed to be. And when he uh, got expelled, unless he's going to come back, um, some leader uh, will take over. And, and one day we'll get that... Um, Seems like get that reputation of being a fierce leader, but um, as far as these leaders today, it's uh, the Antichrist. Uh, a lot of people look at the Antichrist as just any old politician uh, that comes on the scene today, like Barack Obama. Um, it talks about the Antichrist having to look more stout than his fellows, oh, and it also talks about the king of fierce. Features. Is that describing his look? Well, I, I think it's just his whole demeanor, and he will be, uh, at one point at least, satanically indwelt, literally. Uh, but uh, before that, he's going to be greatly satanically influenced. And uh, he's going to be a certain uh, man, I think. And I think he's coming out of uh, Western Europe, even though he will be of a, 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 a Syrian extraction, I think. In other words, he will be a Mid-Easterner by by ethnic uh, uh, identification, but he will oh, have been okay. born and raised and, and around uh, somewhere in the Roman, uh, the, the old ancient Roman Empire, probably around Rome somewhere, and he will come out of that uh, that particular place geographically, and he will mm-hmm. have great, great speaking ability. You know, people say that, that Mr. Obama has a characteristic Santa Christ. Well, you know, he he's not a he's not a dumb man. He's a very smart man, but uh he makes a lot of uh gaffes just like all the politicians do. <laughs> he's not antichrist, yeah. I can assure you. And uh yeah. this man is going to be like anything we've uh, ever seen and um uh, and he's going to uh well we won't see him. You and I won't. Thank thankfully, thank the Lord. We're going to be in heaven at the time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, uh I, that's the first time I've ever heard uh that um, the way you put it, uh, as far as the Antichrist is concerned, coming from Europe, but being a Middle Eastern descent, normally you just hear, you know, people stop at he's going to be from Europe and that's it. You know, I don't know other further, you know, talks. But um, you know, we're told to look for Jesus Christ and not the Antichrist. But it, as far as a radio program platform like this. Um, you do you believe that the internet will be shut down, or you think God is going to, you know, miraculously keep the internet on so people like, you know, and your family members and friends can find 
this information in these radio shows on uh, for them to be able to, you know, understand what's going on. Well, I will say this. When the Antichrist comes to power and, and the things he's going to want to do, if Internet is still on and, and your program is a wonderful program of yours and, and Rapture Ready, the Rapture Ready uh, website and so forth, if they do remain on, it's going to take a miracle because he's going to want to shut them down uh, as quickly as possible. So uh, yeah. it, it will take a miracle, and he, God can do that. And, and I'm sure that many people are going to come to salvation through these um, these forums immediately after the rapture because they're going to be looking for them until until Satan is uh, able to shut them down. What would be the message uh, of uh, the two witnesses, and what would be the message of 144,000 Jews? Repent. Except Christ, uh, he's, your only, he's the only way. And the Holy Spirit will be drawing people as never before. Holy Spirit will be working in a different, uh, you know, as we know, in a different office, according to Second Thessalonians chapter 2. He will no longer, uh, he will no longer be the restrainer of evil in this world, but I believe he will be more powerful than ever in drawing people to Christ. Yeah. And unless he mm-hmm. draws them, uh, you know, they don't come to Christ. And so I yes, think sir. the message that that's going to be... Um, uh, in indwelt in, in these uh, these uh, two witnesses and the hundred forty four thousand will be this uh, this message of salvation and people are going to hear it. Okay, so if they don't hear them, do you think they would hear the angel that flies through the sky? <laughs> well, at the very last, you know, at the very last before the uh, actual second advent, and of course, we, we do know that there's going to be an angel fly through heaven giving the. Uh, Salvation message, and I'm sure there will be some saved then at the same time, because if not, uh, God wouldn't be sending, if there wasn't possible, God wouldn't send the angel to do that. But by that time, we have to remember that perhaps as many as three-fourths of the world's population will have died due to God's judgments. So, um, so uh, what, what you and I, what you you and I would reckon? What did you say? How many? As possibly as much as the two three-fourths of the world's population at that time will have died due to all the judgments. Uh, you know, if wow. you add all those judgments up, the, the, uh, we'll just take the uh, the uh, kings of the East come, uh, coming across the dried-up Euphrates. They, they kill what? Kill uh, one-third of the world's population, just themselves uh, wow. at the time. One-third of the – that's the entire population of Earth. Well, we look at mm-hmm. at, at five-sixths of the forces destroyed when uh, – when uh, God forces come against uh, come against Israel, God's going to take those people off the planet. And then you know, uh, the, the, when the when the uh, large object uh, falls into the ocean, that's going to yes. take out all life in the sea at some point. So yeah. it's going to be a lot of people taken off the earth. So there won't be too many left on the planet by the time that angel flies through heaven. And giving the salvation message, so that that's why you and I would want to recommend that anyone who doesn't know Christ now come come to know Him before the tribulation, yeah. because afterwards it's yeah. going to be it's going to be extremely uh, extremely uh, costly to accept Christ. Amen. Uh, Nathan Jones said hi. By the way, he was just on the show a few minutes ago. Oh, um, tell Nathan hi. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, and I, that's you went to the same place I was just going to tell, tell you about. Uh, I was going to tell you to tell the audience how uh, what they should they be doing 
Um, and you, you just answered that question. That's that's right on right on point, brother. Um, so, what 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 some of the strange things are happening in the tribulation period or in the Book of Revelation? What are, what is these beasts that have blonde hair and uh, and, and faces that are creepy and they're about the size of horses? I mean, are those are those robots uh, produced in a laboratory? Or are those beasts that actually come up out of the bottomless pit? You know, I believe, Phil, that those are going to be actual uh, actual beasts, actual things that come out of the, the abyss. I think it's going to be such a horrible time that uh, that happens here when those, those demons are going to be released just for this time of judgment on, mm-hmm. uh, against uh, all rebels on earth. And I, I believe uh, most of those things are demonic and uh that's even more horrible than any kind of uh, human-made uh, w- robot of uh, war-making that might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are they the same beast that was in Joel? I was flipping to the pages for some reason. Uh, in Joel, when it talks about they array themselves and they jump over walls, are those the same beasts or is that just a different make something else different or different? You know, I believe that um, there have been, there are being, I, this, I'm kind of, I guess some people would call me kind of conspiratorial and kind of strange, I believe, but I do actually believe that uh, that some of the things is being produced now in the laboratories of the world in secret, some human hybrid type gene splicing and, and, uh, and other things will produce some kind of battle-ready giant's to uh, to uh, be used uh, during uh, the time of tribulation by some of Antichrist's forces, and so I believe these these are these are almost superhuman beings that have been created in the laboratory. You know, uh, Jesus said, "As it was in the days of uh, Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man." And part of Noah's, uh, I believe, part of Noah's time was Genesis chapter 6 with when the sons of God looked at the uh, sons of man or, or, the, or, the, or the children of the women and saw that they were fair and Mary intermarried with them, had sexual intercourse with them. And from those uh, from those unions were produced giants of the time. From those, I believe, we get uh, we get some of the legends of the time, some of the Greek mythology, Norse mytholo- Norse mythology and others. Of, um, yeah. of Hercules and, and of Thor and all of these people, and so I believe yeah. that there were giants in those days. And Anakim, there will be giants uh, as we move further into toward and, and into the tribulation era. And I believe some of yeah. these uh, forces you mentioned are going to uh, be some of that sort of a thing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it sounds like to me. Well, we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna come back and continue. We'll be Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gifts of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You're listening to the Prosperity on Box Talk Radio. October 30th, 1991. President George H.W. Bush initiates the Madrid peace process to divide the land of Israel. On the very same day, a freakish hurricane, now known as the Perfect Storm, destroys the Bush vacation home in Maine, 
And the pattern continues. Each time America compels Israel to vacate its territory, our land is devastated on virtually the same day by Hurricanes Andrew, Katrina, the Northridge earthquake, and Joplin's killer tornado. Is this coincidence, or is there a spiritual cause and effect? In Genesis 17:8, God promised the land of Israel as an everlasting possession to Abraham and his Jewish descendants. That promise still stands. Those who bless Israel are blessed. Those who curse it are cursed. Author John McTernan makes this open and shut case in his landmark book, As America Has Done to Israel, and the companion DVD, The Day of the Lord. For ordering details, visit John's online blog at johnmcternan.name. This next announcement is serious news, and you won't hear it in the mainstream media. We are living in an age full of catastrophic events, and it's getting worse. But before we go on, remember this website, highgrounds.us. In the past two decades, natural disasters have increased by 800% within the U.S. alone. Cataclysms like Hurricane Katrina killed and displaced thousands because they were not prepared. And the 2008 economic collapse could happen again, but be much, much worse. So type this into your web browser, highgrounds.us. Highgrounds.us is your complete source for family survival necessities. You'll find food and water with a shelf life of 25 to 30 years, plus tents, portable containers, light, heat, first aid, and much more. Go to our website, highgrounds.us, or call 1-888-202-9094. Place your order now and be prepared. That's H-I-G-H, highgrounds.us. Hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Highgrounds.us. Welcome to the Prophecy Zone, the place to stay informed about current events that line up with Bible prophecy. And now, your watchman on the wall and host, Bill Armstrong. Well, like I say, every time when my name is not Bill, it's Phil. So it sounds like you saying Bill. Only me, probably. I live in my own world. All right, so um, let, let's talk about... Um, the last generation. Um, what's your take on this, this society that we're living in today, as far as the the family and the church, and um, you know, as far as uh, Hollywood and the music industry, and um, what's going on as far as the influence on our kids, and what's going on with society, brother? The church is uh, failing miserably to. Uh to address these things, it's like we have turned, the church as a whole has turned inward. Uh, when you channel through the, um, the Christian, so-called Christian networks today, you see mostly prosperity gospel preached. Now, that's not always true. But you have the mega churches that concentrate on entertaining the, the people who come. They want to somewhat compromise the message of hell. And of uh, of every uh, things like this, they want to uh, preach only the message of love, and that's wonderful. God is love, but He loved the world so much that He sent His Son to die for it. So there must be something wrong with the world, and the church is to preach to uh, bring all people to uh, salvation. They they're failing miserably, and uh, we see the results of it in the degeneration of society today. I think and. Uh, you know, we have an administration right now, in my opinion, that uh, that is probably the most uh, 
uh, prone to take America away from God of any we've ever had, and we've had some pretty doozies, some doozies. Uh, when you when you promote uh, homosexuality, when you promote uh, uh, abortion, and now we've we've totally over 52 million babies aborted, and when you uh, when you downgrade the military uh, by uh, by introducing homosexuality in these things, you are really stepping on dangerous grounds. And and I think uh, from our government, and that goes for both parties. Uh, uh, has uh, contributed to this. The church is not standing up to either, either to uh, the government or to uh, to people within the so-called clergy that uh, that uh, want a more liberal theology. Uh, they want to get away from uh, Jesus only. And uh, uh, John chapter 14, verse 6, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And they want to introduce an ecumenism and and that there are many ways to Christ, which is exactly the apostate church that that, the Bible prophecy says is going to develop. So I see uh, since we tried to kick God out of um, the classroom in 1963, uh, and nobody kicks got out of anything, but they, but that's what the intention was. Well, we've seen yeah. the the nation degenerate ever since. It goes straight down the tubes ever since. Uh, if you want to consider, you know, the the '60s, a free love generation, and all of this kind of thing. And uh, then in '73, Roe v. Wade and the abortion issue came in. We've seen the president assassinated. We saw Dr. King assassinated. We saw. Bobby Kennedy assassinated, and and, and uh, shortly shortly after all that, and uh, we saw the riots uh, of the convention in '68, the Democratic convention, and from that, uh, we've just gone steadily downhill until uh, our schools are no longer allowed to talk about Jesus uh, inside. Uh, they kick the Ten Commandments out, uh, and no Bible reading, and uh, the further we get away we get from God, will of course. Uh, uh, the more uh, uh, society in general and culture in general de- degenerates, and all peoples in the United States suffer because of it. So I see it as a very serious situation, and frankly, I, I don't see how it's going to be turned around. Uh, I-, I think we're headed toward the apocalypse. Yeah, the tribulation period. Um, that day, that mysterious day, the strangest day in history of the world, definitely in American history, when billions, millions of people vanished, billions of people off the face of the earth vanished. Uh, we don't want to be here, but talk to me on how a person will feel from the church. It says, judgment should begin in the house of the Lord. Oh, my God. Uh, tell me, how would it feel on the ground if you're driving in the car, if you're at school, if you're you're nursing a baby, talk to me about how that atmosphere is going to be for each different individuals. Just just give me a, a series of individuals on how it will feel. Police officers, nurses, you know, airports. How what would that look like? <laughs> it's strange you should ask that question because I have written uh, in one of my books. Can't remember which one it was. I. I gave kind of a uh, kind of a scenario of that sort of thing. 
I said, for example, that a mother will be uh, in a shop, in a shopping center with two small babies, uh, or a small baby, uh, maybe a little child in in the riding in the little cart as you pushed it to get groceries, and all of a sudden uh, that child will be gone. All will be left there as the clothing she wore. Can you imagine the kind of the kind of uh, thinking that would be? She's unsaved, and the baby. I believe all children are going to go in the rapture. Uh, because yeah. those are under the age of accountability, um, or you take, um, you know, you have a 757 uh, starting down the runway, and uh, about halfway uh, down, uh, suddenly the the pilot disappears, and of course the wing dips to the right, and that's the end of a uh, hundred and fifty people or something. Um, you know, a truck is, uh, you know, cars are going along a freeway. You have these uh, huge. 18-wheeler tractor-trailer rigs, and uh, all of a sudden, one of those, uh, the driver is missing, and uh, the cars in front and around are going to be crushed and crumbled and everything else. So there's all kinds of scenarios. I think one of the most terrible things that's going to happen, and I really believe this, uh, is when uh, the rapture occurs, every pregnant woman on this planet that's not saved, every, every, every pregnant woman on the planet now, their their wombs. Not only are their children under age under the age of accountability going to be gone, but yeah. every every fetus in the womb is going to instantly be gone. Uh, wow. and, and and every every pregnant woman is going to immediately immediately suffer a uh, not a miscarriage. It's just a simply her her fetus has vanished. You know, I think yeah. God is going to make a statement in that instance. The statement yeah. will be that uh, yes. Conception does, I mean, uh, birth, uh, life does begin at conception. And yeah. uh, I think that's going to be God's proof uh, that it does. And all of these Amen. babies that have been aborted all these all these uh, years, uh, he's, he's going to remind the world of it. Yes, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. Yeah, uh, those babies that have been um, aborted for the last 70 years are in heaven. Uh, that's the way you look at the glass half full. The way you look at the glass half empty or even empty is that they were slaughtered. Right. And that's uh, and the moms who abort, if they come to repentance, uh, then God will forgive them. Uh, Absolutely. If they, yeah. yeah. If they don't come to repentance, then a lot of times people have to live with um, guilt for the rest of their life. And 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 that that happens that happens for most, a lot of sins. Uh, when I was addicted to, um, you know, I was never addicted to porn, but when I was, when I did sexual sins and God had delivered me from those, but when that happened, I felt miserable because I, a man and a wife should be married, not you know doing something we had no business doing. The same thing with alcohol. I was miserable. You know, and God saved me from that. And let's talk to let's talk about that, brother. As far as um, as far as what the Word of God talks about and giving us help for um, various sins. Now, I I, I know that um, we both have these radio programs. Yours longer than mine, and yours reach more than mine. And I and and and, and in this case, I want to hear. As far as uh, Jesus Christ is coming back soon, what's the preparation that an individual needs to have? Now, my Bible was opened up to Matthew 25 for some reason, 
and that's about the um, ten versions, and five were foolish and five were wise. Talk to us about mm-hmm. preparation for the for the coming of the Lord. Well, I can tell you this. As far as I believe that everybody who knows the Lord for salvation has accepted Christ as Savior, uh, Romans 8, uh, um, verses 10, verses 9 and 10, uh, for example, um, that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and, and, and confess with the mouth uh, that uh, he is Lord, and that he is uh, the Son of God, that will be saved. So first thing to be prepared for for the rapture, leaving this earth, will be to be saved. If you're not saved, you're staying. If you're still alive, you're going to stay here and go and suffer the tribulation era judgments. It, but if um, if you're saved, you're going to go. Now, in preparation as a Christian, we're going to have to stand before Jesus at the bema seat judgment immediately. I think every Christian who every Christian, everyone who has truly accepted Christ, no matter what their state of carnality or anything else. If they've truly accepted Christ and their name's in the Lamb's Book of Life, they're going to go to be with Christ when he calls. There's no question about it. Immediately, instantly. And uh and but the but you know, we want to uh be worthy it says to stand before the Lamb. Now the way we do that is to live every moment of our lives the way God wants us to live. Now we're gonna sin, but when we sin we are to confess our sins and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, says in First John, and uh, so we are to live cleanly before Christ. We are to uh, we try to walk the walk that uh, that God has given us to walk, and to fulfill the mission He's given each one of us. He's given each one of us a mission in this life. We are to do our best to fulfill it. We'll fail because we're human, but 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 nonetheless, we'll do our best. And I think Proverbs three, five, and six is the operative scripture here. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. I think that is uh, that is the that's that's the scripture my mom gave me many many years ago, and, and it's not departed from me. Yeah, Amen, Amen. I had a preacher give me that uh, when I was working. Actually, yeah, I was working for Job Corps. We had Bible studies, and he he pulled me to the side. I was all over the place, and he he gave me that scripture, which uh, to this day it, it's res- resigning in my ears uh, as far as uh, listening to what God is saying and and obeying Him. Absolutely. Oh man! So uh, I don't know if I asked you because I, I'm getting I had like three or four shows in the last week of, of God, or, and uh, you guys are awesome. Uh, so forgive me if I already asked this question, but um, so tell me, what would you be gaining in the tribulation period um, to follow Jesus? And we, most of us, the listeners, know the answer, but just tell me, what would you be losing uh, in that progress? And and also, what would you be gaining? Uh, what would the citizen would be temporarily be gaining to follow the Antichrist? And what would they be losing? To uh, follow the Antichrist. Well, uh, well, you know it says in Revelation uh, chapter thirteen that in verses sixteen, sixteen through eighteen, that all will be forced to take a mark and a number and system in order to buy and sell, and take the mark and the number of the beast. And of course, it's three hundred. I mean, six hundred sixty-six, six six six. 
And But anybody who takes that mark during that period, and again, Christians this side of of the rapture, uh, this, this 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 era right now known as the church age or the age of grace, no one will be sub- subject to this. In other words, these are all people who accept, accept Christ after after the, after the rapture, during the tribulation era. Well, uh, I believe that once a person is saved during the tribulation era, they will be stamped uh, by the Holy Spirit, or sealed by the Holy Spirit from the outside, and uh, and will will uh, will uh, you know remain faithful to the end, uh, and uh, and of course be saved at the end. But for for all who take that mark. And number as in Revelation thirteen sixteen through eighteen, uh, whoever takes that mark will uh, will lose their souls. They will be forever damned. So the two different uh, the dichotomy there is uh, that um, one uh, uh, one is saved forever, the other is lost forever. Uh, the tribulation era is a pretty stark cleavage as far as uh, uh, the good versus evil. Uh, it, it's kind of like you know those who uh, Jesus, like Jesus said, uh, those who are, are, are not for us are against us, and uh, and so uh, that that's the way it'll be. It'll be pretty stark contrast. I mean, the people alive at that time won't be able to miss that stark contrast. Amen, amen. So, what were the people in heaven? You already covered the the, the beam and seed, and I think that's very important. So uh, if you want to elaborate on that, that's fine. But what would, what else would the, uh, uh, the people who have raptured be doing in heaven at the time of the tribulation period down on earth? Okay, well, first of all, let's start with the rapture of the church. The people who belong to the church, all who have been saved during this, this dispensation, will go to be with Christ in the air. And Jesus said in, in uh, John uh, 14, verses 1 through 3, you know, uh, let not your heart be troubled. In my house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. So all who go to be with Christ at that moment of um, when he says, come up hither, as we see in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, when John is suddenly in the uh, in heaven, when he heard the voice saying, come up hither, well, that's symbolic of the rapture. Well, when we go to be with Jesus, he'll take us back to the Father's house, as he said, place where he's been preparing mansions for us. But And when we get there, the first thing we'll do is stand before him wherever, whether it's between here in heaven or wherever, the beam of judgment where we all are judged for what we've done in this life. Now, we're not judged for sin. That's already taken care of on the cross. But we will gain or lose rewards based upon our faithfulness of service. And the uh, things that we have done that are not uh, as we should have, we will lose rewards because of that. And we will gain rewards, crowns, uh, for, for what we've done. So we'll stand before Christ individually and be given our our Bema uh, uh, judgment uh, rewards, our crowns. And I believe those are the crowns that Jesus has, when Jesus comes back, Revelation 19, 11, uh, that that he's he has many crowns, and I believe those crowns would be the ones that we cast at his feet because we know we're not worthy to have them, and and uh, so he will be wearing those crowns that we have we have returned to him, showing him how how that we are totally uh, beholding to him and loving him, and uh, 
So uh, we will then go from after the bema judgment. We will go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, and and I I'm kind of confused on that myself. I think we will the, the marriage supper is just a celebration of Christ and His bride, the Church, and guests, which means some Old Testament saints, and 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 the tri- even tribulation saints who have died. I think uh, during the tribulation uh, or during that uh, a brief period of time. And so, because heaven's uh, heaven's timeline is much different than Earth's timeline, we must remember. But it's outside of time, so we don't know how these two come together. But I'm hoping that we will be able to witness a little bit of the of things going on, on Earth, because you know, you and I are prophecy guys, <laughs> and we kind of like to uh, kind of like to you know see see uh, how right we were, how wrong we were. And that kind Amen. of thing. but that that's just Amen. looking at it from this uh, this earthly standpoint. But we will be there. We'll be at the marriage of the Lamb, um, and being prepared at the end of that seven years tribulation period. And again, we don't know because the, God's kingdom in heaven is outside of the uh, timeline. So it could be a second. It could be a billion years or whatever, and in heavenly time. But uh, yeah. at the time when the time of seven years have ex- elapsed on earth. We will mount white, beautiful white, heavenly steeds, and that's good for animal lovers. Wondering if there's going to be any animals in heaven, the pets and so forth, uh, because there yeah. are horse, heavenly horses. We know that, and we will, yeah. I think, literally ride white heavenly steeds uh, behind the Lord Jesus as we return to earth. And He simply speaks the word. Uh, I believe the same He did on Gal- the Sea of Galilee during the storm. Uh, I believe the words that will proceed out of his mouth, it's my own opinion, that it would just be peace, be still, and and all the forces of, of the planet that are battling and trying to knock him out of the sky uh, will suddenly uh, just burst open and, and die right on the spot. So, um, yeah. And then we'll come back and rule and reign with Christ as he touches down on Mount Olivet. And, uh, and from that point, uh, Mount Zion is created, and he rules and reigns. Uh, on the on the throne of David, with the throne of David, with David ruling uh, in his supernatural body over Israel, and Jesus Christ ruling over the entire world and universe. Amen, amen. That's going to be a lovely time. Uh, it says that God Himself will be the light uh, that will be provided. And that, That's right. Wow, the light, the light of the what world. Light that will be. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, thank you, brother, for coming on the show. Um, thank you, Phil. Time, time goes really quickly when you have fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does, and I appreciate you so much, and I've had fun, and I appreciate so much you inviting me on, and I'll be praying yes, for your ministry. Please please pray for ours. Thank you. I surely will. We, we, well, we God bless you, brother. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, Terry James from Rapture Ready Ministries. We're going to take a break and we will be right back. God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. 
You're listening to the Frog Radio on Blog Talk Radio. to re-enter the zone where only watchmen dare go and only the fearless do venture. Now from the lands of the Pacific Northwest in FEMA Region 6, where we warn about your future and the rapture of the church of the concentration camps of the enemy, your host once again, Phil Armstrong. Welcome back to the zone, the prophecy zone. Guests to come on 
who will talk about things that are going to be strange. Like Terry, I'm glad he said that because uh, this is called the prophecy zone. So I'm not going to have people on here who are false prophets, as long as I know that they're false prophets. Now, somebody on Facebook or somebody says, well, I'm trying to tell you this person's a, we're not going to have people on here that's a, that I believe is a false prophet. So one of the brothers earlier today was saying, uh, he was making a comment, um, it's from church folks, and he was, he was just, he said he met somebody in the store, uh, he's talking to some individual, and he said, well, how do you know this? He said, he says, well, you, like, for instance, for me, preacher, Roger, how do you know? And people talk to you like you can't read. And I think they was referring to the pastor, and why should I listen to a pastor who is giving out false information? He said, you know, he was referring to, the, uh, you know, how can someone hear without a teacher or a pastor? And and the guys from Trump's folks, folks, you know how they humorous they are. They were laughing because they said, "Well, I don't need a pastor. I, I have the Bible to tell me if I need a pastor to lie. I need to go find a new pastor, or I would I would listen, I would read the Word of God myself because I can read." And um, people think I'm crazy when I say, "Well, I'm gonna have people on the show that's not saved for the sake of trying to explain." The last days, so some people say, "Well, what are you doing?" Talking about, well, economically, uh, I'm gonna have some Christians on the show, and that's not my point. The point uh, that I'm gonna have some Christians in November talking about the economic collapse. Yeah, they're gonna. I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna have some guys on here who are believers, but I'm saying sometime I'm gonna have people on here who are not believers because it's like the twilight zone. That's why I call it the prophecy zone. Am I unsaved? I'll tell them in a minute. If they start telling me what I should believe, like I had one brother come and he's telling me, I mean, I'm not going to get all hot and bothered because Europe's, I don't believe Europe is the main source of the end time Bible, you know, the system. Who cares? Um, you know, who cares? I mean, some of that stuff is a prideful thing. My football team is better than yours. My my theory on how the church is going to be taken out, or my theory on who the Antichrist is, who cares? The Bible tells us to look for Jesus Christ. I do this, particularly starting now, I do this to warn people of what's going to happen in the future. Jesus Christ is coming back. Prepare yourself. And we use various subjects and various items and various ideas to get people persuaded that Jesus Christ is coming back. What are you waiting for? Go get busy. What are you waiting for? Go prepare your family. What are you waiting for? Go get educated. Go read the Word of God yourself. Study to show yourself approved. What difference does it make if Chico DeBarge is the Antichrist or not? Who cares? But it's good conversation. It's a good conversation. It's interesting. It's almost like a hobby. People approach the, the gospel seriously. People approach Bible prophecy seriously, but they also approach it as a hobby. I mean, to me, it's fun. But you have to take it seriously because Christ is coming back. And every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess right in front of Jesus that Jesus is Lord. And, 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 Either you're going to submit to God now and bow, or you're going to uh, not submit and still bow and go to a place that is not comfortable. 
And I'm on the winning team, and I like to say I'm on the winning team. And I believe I'm on the winning team. I believe that this is the winning team that I am on. Where Nathan Jones and Terry James and Bill Silas and Tommy Ice and John McTernan, I'm on the winning team. Um, Jeffrey Grinder, all these guys, I'm on the winning team. Robert Randall. You know, I'm on the winning team. What, what we're going to see, we're going to be celebrating in heaven the the, uh, the great um, marriage supper of the Lamb, and we are all going to be able to, you know, talk about Bible prophecy when we're up there. But, you know, that that's, that's going to be fun. That's going to be great, folks. That's going to be something to admire. There's something that's just be joyous uh, that... God is going to say, well done, my good and faithful service. Enter in into the joy of the Lord. And he shall wipe away every tear. Yes, there's going to be tears in heaven temporarily until he wipes them away. And there's not going to be any sorrow, any death. This is going to be pure joy, peace. And a person who dies at 100 years old is considered an infant. We're going to live for eternity after the millennium period. We're going to completely live for eternity. God bless everybody out there. Uh, I'm going to start uh, putting up advertising of the show, but uh, more in a quicker time. But God bless everybody out there. Y'all have a wonderful afternoon. You have been listening to The Prophecy Zone on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to check out our website at www.pzrn.org. Also, like us on Facebook at Prophecy Zone Radio News and at YouTube at Prophecy Zone. Be sure to check us out next time on The Prophecy Zone as we explore the past, observe the present, and hope for the soon future return of the Savior Jesus.